0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, cool. So, yeah, my name is Christopher. I know I haven't preached yet at all this year, so I'm excited and uh, for what Jesus is going to say to us tonight. Uh, y'all ready to get started? Cool. Uh, oh, and by the way, yes, it is because I'm short that I have this non-cool, you know, little pulpit thing right here. But I did make my own, so um, it looks a little bit more pretty. And uh, just so I can look cool. But uh, anyway, so you know, we're going to jump back into our normal Christian life series. Um, it's been pretty ge- great over the last, I guess, just four or five weeks, um, you know, doing sin and then faith, baptism in the Holy Spirit, been so great. What we mean by the normal Christian life is uh, what we believe the Christian life should look like when it's lived out to its complete, Right. Um, the basic fundamental aspects of normal Christianity, not what's average based off of what we see most people doing, because that's not always what God wants, but what's normal, what God says in his word about what our life should look like if we're living according to what the Bible says about the Christian life. So that's what we mean by the normal Christian life. Tonight, we're going to be talking about prayer, which put simply is just Talking to God, <laughs> wow, that's our definition. Prayer is talking to God. Any of you guys probably, you know, could have come up here and told everyone else that as well. And that's because I'm gonna start my timer so I don't talk y'all's ear off. So do This stupid. I need a. I need a new. I need a new update. All right. Well, it's a trap. It's a trap. Sorry, everyone on the pod podcast. is like, what's going on? All right, here we go. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, prayer is talking to God. The reason all of us, most of us probably know what prayer is, is because prayer is not a new idea. It's been around for thousands of years, and people pr- have prayed to millions of gods over those thousands of years. And depending on who you ask, you'll get much different responses as to what it is, what it should look like, who you should pray to, all of that stuff. Even within Christianity. Uh, We have some kind of funny, you know, preferences or ways to pray, like, you know, folding your hands and closing your eyes and saying, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our... Hey, you know it, that's not in the Bible. (laughs) I know, it's so crazy, we could leave right now and be enlightened. Um, And, you know, preferences, you know, habits, those things are great, and I'm not dissing any of that stuff, but the Bible doesn't actually talk about that stuff, right? So... What the Bible does say about prayer is quite a bit. Um, one place that I saw had a, uh, it's one reference said that prayer is mentioned 650 times in the Bible. That's quite a few verses um, between the teachings on prayer and prayers of you know, people in the Bible as well. And uh, in every book except Leviticus. Now, I must admit that I did not read through the entire Bible while preparing the sermon to fact check. So please forgive me. Um, if you know of a prayer in Leviticus, you can tell me afterwards and then, uh, you know, we'll we'll edit it on the podcast or something. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that's a lot of mentions on prayer. I believe the Bible talks about prayer a lot because I believe that um, because God wants relationship with us, then prayer is also important to God. Because since prayer is talking to God, we also know that communication is necessary for relationship, right? Communication is necessary for relationship. With your friends here, other places, family members, and with God, communication is necessary for relationship. The more you talk, usually the effect is greater relationship, right? Unless you just really don't like the person and then you don't want to hear them say anything. Um, But if you're good friends with someone you want relationship with somebody, then usually talking is better. On the contrary, if you don't talk with someone, if you're not communicating with someone, then relationship will suffer. This is also true with our relationship with God as well as with people. For example, the people on staff here with Chi Alpha, I love every single one of them. Um, but it wasn't always like that because I didn't always know them as well as I did, as as well as I do now. For a few years, we've been able to hang out, get to know each other, live life with each other, um, and so now we're really close. But my best friends from college in Huntsville, Texas, where I went to school, my best friends from college, I'm not as close to anymore. Not because we don't want to be friends anymore, but because I live up here and we don't hang out as much. And so it's just the nature of you know a lot of or lack of communication Um, and so you know it's I guess you could say it's kind of sad that I'm not as good friends with them anymore but I have my friends here and they're great and uh, I know I'm supposed to be here and so um, I'm not too beat up about it and I get to see them when I go to Texas and so you know it's 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 still great and so with God our relationship with him if we want strong relationship with God then we need to be in consistent prayer because without that we're not going to have as strong of a relationship and so, hopefully, everyone here, um, or at least if you're a Christian, you want relationship with God. And so, if, if that's true of you, then we need to be praying consistently. So, um, probably the most well-known passage in the Bible is uh, is or well not? What the most well-known prayer in the Bible um, is called the Lord's Prayer, and it's found in Matthew six verses nine through thirteen. And this is what it says. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many of y'all have heard this passage before? Or, like, this prayer, right? Okay, it's a pretty well-known passage. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking just about that first part where it says, Our Father in heaven. Um but before we do that, I want to introduce you guys to a very special person in my life. This man is largely responsible for me being the way that I am today, and that is my dad, Paul Mancias. <laughs> there he is. There he is, everyone. He he is amazing. I love that man. So this uh man that that's I love that guy he's he's amazing, so people people are cheering some of y'all probably just because it's a picture of me and my dad, others because you have met him, and you know how great he is. He has been such a good example of what a, da- a good dad and a good husband should should be. He has a servant's heart, he has a generous heart he spent so much time with me and my siblings growing up, and I really do look look up to him and I'm grateful to have him in my lo- in my life. He loves jesus and uh, he he's just been such a blessing um, t- to me and so this picture was actually taken in November over Thanksgiving break when I was in Houston. My dad let me borrow his truck to go visit my brother, who lives about 10 minutes away. And on the way out, I actually drove his car kind of into a ditch. Um, and so I won't share the story now. If you want to know it, ask me later, just because it's kind of boring and uh, pretty stupid that I just you know got it stuck there. Um but I knew I I knew I could call him because I knew that he loved me and it'd better be better to call him instead of the tow company um to see what he had to say before I go and you know spend two hundred dollars to get my dad's truck out of it. Um and so yeah, he just I wanted to bring him up because um when I think about our heavenly father, it's really helpful for me to think about my earthly dad to better understand what it means for God to be a father. Now, I know not everyone in here has the same experience that I have. I know that everyone in here had, you know, what you would call a good father, um, maybe one that wasn't even in your life, and um, so I don't want to pretend like everyone had the same experience that I did, and I don't want to um, make it look like I'm trying to make myself look, you know, like I had so much of a greater life than anyone in here um, who who didn't have a father like mine, um, and as, and I want you guys to know that that i 'm aware of that, and so i 'm um, not speaking lightly of these things, and I want you to know that um, if that 's you, then I believe that tonight um, God could really bring about some healing in your life um, because he is a good father and uh, if it's if it 's not helpful to think about your earthly dad when you think about um, our our heavenly father um, then uh, just just ask the Lord to help you to really understand what 's said tonight um, and so So, yeah, I'm going to pray real quick, and uh, then we'll hop into what it means for God to be a Heavenly Father. God, thank you, Lord, for um, just being with us here tonight. Holy Spirit, would you fill me up? Would you help me say um, only what is of you, Heavenly Father? Would you help me say things that are only true of you? And and would you be lifted high in our eyes and, and minds and ears and hearts tonight, Jesus? We love you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Cool. So... (laughs) The Lord's Prayer. Raise your hand again if you have uh, heard it before, right? Okay, a lot of you. Who did not know that it was in the Bible until tonight? That's okay. I totally took me a long time to know that it was in the Bible. Um, Because I actually have two things that always come to mind when I hear, pray the Lord's Prayer. And uh, the first one is when I was growing up, uh, going to church, we said it like every single Sunday. But everyone always said it so monotone, like, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? And then you keep going, and anyone else know what I'm talking about? Okay, yes. It is uh, very unanimated, so, you know, I didn't think it was all that exciting, so I just, you know, play with my Legos and my Hot Wheels on the pew, and, you know, we'd go eat after church, and then it'd all be, you know, a happy day. Um, (laughs) Yes. uh, Still wish I could play with Hot Wheels on the pew. Um, But... Yeah, so that was my first experience, and then my second, <laughs> the thing, the second thing that comes to mind is a scene from no other than the best movie ever made, Spider-Man 1, that came out in 2002 with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Changed my mind. I'm just kidding. I know a lot of people think that was one of the worst movies ever made, um, but it's when uh, Aunt May is praying, you know, and then, well, actually, we have a video, so we can just play it lead us not into temptation but deliver us <laughs> <laughs> deliver us finish it finish it <laughs> I think it's so funny, like, Aunt May is obviously distressed, it's terrible, but the Green Goblin, his face and his laugh, like, villains, how do they come up with those things? I don't know how, how they do it, but, you know, and Green Goblin should get, like, Villain of the Year for interrupting someone's Devo time, right? I mean, that is, he is pure evil just because of that, Aunt May, of all people. But, yeah, those are the two things I think about is the monotone prayer and the Green Goblin um, when I think about the, um, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but obviously, you know, the, the Lord's Prayer has a lot more to do than, you know, just monotone prayers and, you know, the Green Goblin. And so uh, we're actually going to look at why Jesus said it in the first place. Um, because, remember, this was in, this was in response to a question that his disciples asked him about how should we pray. And then this passage in Matthew 6 is what he responds with. And I think the reason Jesus told his disciples this, and I think the important part of starting with our Father in heaven, is because, uh, like I was saying about our, our earthly fathers and our heavenly fathers, is, is that how we view and our experience with our earthly fathers affects how we view our experience, and and experience God as a heavenly father. And that's huge, y'all. And I think Jesus um, knew this, and I think he knew also that it was important that we have a right view of God if we want to have a right relationship with him. And so the rest of tonight is just going to be devoted to um, talking about God as heavenly and talking about God as a father, so that hopefully that will lead to us having right relationship with him. And it will help us know that when we go to him in prayer, which is what we're talking about tonight, we will be able to go with him, viewing him as who he is. So what does it mean for God to be heavenly? It means that God is holy. It means that he's not of this world. It means that he's divine. It means that he is above all that we know, all created things. It means that he is all powerful and he's infinite. It means that he has had no beginning and that he, has, he will have no end. It means that God is all-knowing. He, he knows all things. It means that uh, he created everything. He created time. He was, he was there before the word before even meant anything. Think about that. It will hurt your brain. I promise. I've done it. He was he he created the heavens and the earth, the universe, everything that we see. And because he created everything, that also mean that he means that he owns everything. Psalm twenty-four, one through two says, The earth is the Lord. The, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. He owns everything in the world. God spoke everything into existence. He spoke everything into existence. Yes, I just said that twice because that is crazy. There was nothing, and then there was something after he said something, and that is crazy. God is heavenly. God has power above all other beings. He has power above all other lords. He has power above all other kings. He is unchallenged. He has always stood unchallenged and will always stay unchallenged. A.W. Tozer helps us see that um, with this quote from the knowledge of the holy it says since he at has since he has at his command all the power in the universe, the Lord God omnipotent mean, meaning all-powerful can do anything as easily as anything else. all his acts are done without effort he expends no energy that must be replenished. The Bible says that god's strength God's weakness is stronger than man's strength. the Bible says that um, God's foolishness is wiser than man's wisdom. God is so far above and beyond anything that we as humans are. And this points to God's heavenliness. It points to his holiness. It po- points to his div- divinity. And, and it just shows that God is, is so much greater than I usually give him credit for. And so what that does when i go to him in prayer is that makes me think that makes that that i need to stop and ask is my view of god when i go into prayer true of this heavenly being this is just a glimpse of his of his holiness of his divinity if you read through the bible there's so so many more things that talk about his power and infinitude and um and and his knowledge and every and everything else that makes him holy and so when we go into prayer we need to ask these questions. I need to ask myself, do I realize that who I'm talking to created the universe? Do I realize that who I'm talking to spoke me into existence and could obliterate me in the blink of an eye? Do I realize that this God who I'm talking to has all power, all knowledge, all dominion, or is my view of him much lower? And the way that I can tell what my view of God has been lately is by how much time I want to spend with him. Because if I go to him flippantly, not knowing these things to be true about his life, or about his character, then I'm going to view playing video games as more exciting. Or I'm going to view doing homework as more important. Or I'm going to view spending time with my friends as more fun. And all those Although all of those things are great, if they're hindering me spending time with God, then some of those things might need to go. Or maybe just not, they don't need to be gone from my life. I just need to make sure that I have a right view of God. And I'm viewing him what is worthy of who he is, which is all of these things and more. I want to encourage you guys to just, you know, Google God's power or God's holiness or God's divinity and see what Bible verses come up and you'd be blown away with how much it says about his heavenliness. And so, yeah, I don't want to go too much longer with that, but I just want us to, to get in terms of his heavenliness that we really do need to examine how high or how low our view of God is because um, it's probably much higher than, than it is right now. Uh, Just because I think we'll spend eternity knowing about who God is, learning about who he is. And so um, if he is that good and if he's that mighty, then uh, we could probably use a a good dose of, of viewing him more highly. And so it just so happens also that this heavenly being is also our father and he wants to spend time with us. Thank you, Lord. That is so crazy. And so what does it mean for God to be a father? That means that he has the qualities of a good parent. For me, um, this is where it helps thinking about my earthly dad, right? Um, for me, that means having a room and a bed in the house. That means uh, learning how to throw baseball and being able to play catch with him. That means having free reign of what's in the pantry. That means... Having a coach for all my sports. That means him playing with me and my friends outside on the front lawn or shooting basketball in the backyard. That means, um, yeah, just like him encouraging me and and not cutting me down because he loves me and he only wants to speak life to me. That means I can call him after I get his truck stuck in a ditch. And I know the first question is going to be, are you okay? And it's going to be followed up with, don't worry, I'll be right over. His desire as a dad is to love me and care for me. And for you girls, that means being safe when he's around. That means you have someone's jacket to wear when it's cold inside the restaurant. That means you'll have a date to the spring formal. Or, yeah, the, word, the one, whatever one that your dad goes to and dances with you. I know some schools have that. Anyways, sorry, I got some help with these, so you know, if it doesn't apply, you know, Heather help me out. Go find her. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But yeah, it means like someone to kill all the the scary bugs in the house. You know, it it means someone, you know, to, that was from her too. It means someone to put up with all your crap while you're PMSing. She said that as well. And then, you know, still love you and want to give you a hug when you, you know, come back crying and and need to be loved by someone, right? Um, And then this means for all of us, that we don't have to be scared approaching him because we know that he's going to accept us and, and welcome us with love and not, you know, with harshness and not, um, you know, with, uh, with rudeness. It, it means that he is going to accept us for who we are. And this is awesome, y'all. This is, this is um, like thinking about my dad. Like that's it's only a glimpse of what our heavenly father is like and And I know like for like a lot of you like I mentioned at, at the beginning of the service that if if you didn't have this experience, then I want you to know that uh jesus is like i'm I'm really um sorry that that you had um this experience and and that's not what Jesus intended for your life because god wanted um God is for life and he's and he's for love and he's for care um and so I don't want to like you know degrade anyone's dad and what they should have been or what they weren't or anything like that. I just want you guys to know um, that the Lord really does love you and he's crazy about you and that he wants to spend time with you. Um, And it's so cool what Joe Michael said earlier about uh, just his experience at at Winter Retreat and how the Lord, you know, just showed him that he was his child and that he really does love him and he wants to spend time with him because it really is true and and the Bible talks about that a lot. There's one verse in... um, Galatians where it talks about how um, we were once slaves under the law but then God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could receive the rights of sons and I don't know exactly what the rights of sons means in its fullness but I do know that that one of the things that it means is that um, I am accepted by God just the way that I am and my relationship with him is not based off of merit um this was a huge struggle of mine pretty much until about a year ago um, when I was almost 28 years old. I grew up in church, and um, it took me about 28 years to really understand what this means, that my relationship with God is not based off of merit. This verse came to mind in in Galatians. It's Galatians 4, 1 through 7, if you want to look it up later, um, but yeah, it was a It was such a crazy time when I realized that I was trying to earn God's approval rather than understanding my position as his son. Um, And... When I started to learn that this past year, it has been so freeing. It has been so amazing. It changed my relationship with God. It changed my relationship with people because as I was trying to please God, I was trying to please people, and then I was like always, you know, being someone different around, you know, groups and stuff, and, and a lot of you guys are probably like, whoa, what the heck, like I didn't see that, and that's, that's okay, um, and my hope for you tonight is that you don't have to live a life like that as well that if you're, if you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are a son or you are a daughter of God, and he loves you for the way that you are. And especially for you guys or girls who, who didn't have such a great dad, you need to know this, and, and you need to just sit here and maybe pray on this and, and ask the Lord to help you see that this is true about your relationship with him. And if you're not a Christian here tonight, this is what God wants for you. He wants to be a dad um, to you. God, God has fatherly attributes, even if you aren't a son or daughter of his. It's when you come into his family, you give your life to him, that you get to partake in being a son and daughter, uh, son or daughter of this good, heavenly, loving father. And so if you haven't given your life to Jesus I I pray that you could do that tonight because um it there's no one else I'd rather have taking care of me, right? It, there's there's my dad, my earthly dad. His his power, his his abilities are limited, right? But our our heavenly Father who's all powerful, all knowing, all good, all wise, all of these things, he's Able and willing and wanting us to just go to Him and spend time with Him and and take care of us. And so this is this is so huge. And so, um. I mean, I literally was talking about this for the entire year, I, and I'm talking about it tonight, like at a, at a sermon. This is such an amazing revelation that the Lord gave me and just helped me see. And so, um. So yeah, so this is, this is who God is, and this is what he wants with us, is to take care of us, provide for us, to love us, to have a relationship with us. And so as we go into times of prayer, we need to come with these two things in mind. We need to come with reverence, and we need to come knowing that we're accepted. Um, because for a long time, I was when I was trying to work for God and please him, I didn't think I could Really pray for anything or ask Him for anything unless I had read my Bible for a year straight without missing a day. I had prayed for a month and I hadn't had any impure thoughts or, you know, whatever it is. And I was like, I can't ask God for these things because I'm not good enough, right? And the reality is, is that none of us are good enough for God's love, right? None of us are good enough for God to want to be with us, right? So if you think you're here tonight and you don't think that you're good enough, well, you're right. You aren't. Um, none of us are, and none of us ever will be, because we have sinned against God, like we talked about the first few weeks, and uh, and it took a really big miracle for us to have right relationship with God again, and that's and that was what Jesus paid on the cross, and uh, yeah, so it 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 um it definitely cost God something. It it cost God His Son in order for us um, to have this kind of relationship with him. And so I want to turn real quick to uh, Luke chapter 23, verses 44 through 46. Um, And this is just the last couple seconds of Jesus' life when he was dying on the cross. And it says, uh, It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun had stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he has said this, he breathed his last. So I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about um, what all happened in this um, in this moment of time, except I do want to highlight this part that says the curtain in the temple was torn in two. Um, so if you understand anything about uh, the Old Testament, and even Jewish, I think, traditions today, there was this curtain in the temple that basically separated where God's presence was from everything else. And it was a small cube in the middle of the temple that one day a year, basically, the Pope of the Jews could go in there, and he'd have to be all cleaned up. He'd have to be wearing a certain thing. He'd have to make sure that he wasn't hadn't sinned in a very long time. And he basically went into that little room, And he met with God in his presence. So only one person in the entire nation of Israel could do this once a year. So when the curtain was torn in two, when Jesus gave his life on that cross for us, that signified that no longer was only one man able to go to God in his presence. It signified that relationship communication was open to all people who put their faith in him. This is huge, guys. This is this, is, this wasn't true for Israel for 1,500 years. Before Jesus came, only one guy could go into the presence of God. And now because Jesus gave his own life on the cross and the curtain was torn in two, we are now able to talk to God whenever, wherever, and however we want. That's amazing. I know that I take this for granted so much. That means we don't have to be wearing any specific thing. That means we don't have to say any specific things. That means we don't have to be a certain gender or age or race or in a certain building or in a certain country. Communication with God is open to all of us. And I've prayed um, driving. I've prayed laying in my bed. I've prayed, which is dangerous. You might fall asleep. I've prayed, you know, before an exam. I've prayed walking to class. I've prayed before tough communication conversations with people. I've prayed, you know, shaving. I've prayed using the restroom. I've prayed, you know, walking, you know, or running, or working out, or playing soccer, or reading my Bible, and the reason I can do this is because Jesus gave his life, and that veil was torn, and we can talk to God whenever we want, and we can't take that for granted, and so um, it cost Jesus his life, and so I think it's going to cost us something. Um, And band, you guys can come up. Um, Just like with every relationship, every friendship you have, it costs you time for those relationships. You say no to other things. You say no to other friendships in order to say yes to the friendships, the relationships that you really do value and you really do love. And so the same thing is true with our relationship with God. If we're really going to make prayer, a big deal, and we're going to make it something consistent, and we're going to fight for it, then we're going to have to say no to other things. And Jesus said no to a lot of other things in order to say yes to dying on the cross so that we could have open communication with God. And because he did that, I think there's nothing too great of a cost that we could give up in order to talk with Jesus because of what he did to us, or what he did for us. And so... As we like, you know, go on from tonight. I want you guys to think about, um, really, what, how, how much you value talking with God. Um, like literally, ask yourself, Logan, how much, Lord, do I value talking with you? Would you help me see that? Allie, right, I don't want to call out everyone in she's like, oh gosh, um, you know, but like Christopher, what is my current view of God? Lord, wh- would you help me see my current view of you, and would you help me be okay with it changing if it's not worthy of who you are? Because once you see God's worth and his value, and you see him for who he is, then everything else that you could and hopefully will give up to spend time with him is not compar- like comparable to who he is. And if he gave his life for us, then we can give a few minutes a day, right? Um, and so the response for tonight is really just going to be one of two things, um, depending on where you're at. The first thing is um, I want us to all as, you know, they're starting us in worship uh, just to to ask God um, what to help you see what your current view of him is. Um, and and really think about it. Be, be honest. Um, for a while, I knew things intellectually, but I didn't know them experientially. Like I knew God as Lord, but I didn't know God as father. Maybe you know him as father and you're, you know, you're just flippant about going into his presence. Um, and so really ask yourself, honestly, what your view of God is. And then as you see that, whether you need to confess or just thank the Lord, confess to the Lord for, you know, what it is and it being short of who he is or, or praise him that it is, you know, close to, or, you know, exactly what the scripture says, you know, then, then do that. And then second of all, I just want you guys to, uh, to approach the Lord um, with these truths in mind—that He is heavenly, that He's holy, He's divine, and He has standards—but also that He is a good Father who wants to spend time with you, and He accepts you for who you are. And so, yeah, because I don't know, we we could pray for a lot of things, and hopefully, you know, throughout our lives, uh, we'll we'll be praying for. Um, for a lot of different things, um, for ourselves. And God just wants us to talk to him um, and for other people. And, uh, but yeah, just for tonight, even for the next week, you could just sit for five minutes and ask the Lord to help you um, see him for who he really is. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. Um, if you're not a Christian, you haven't given your life to him before, um, and you want this uh, good God, heavenly God, Father, to be, um, to be your dad then, uh you can come pray with me. Uh, a couple resource leaders, if y'all want to come up here as well, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, let's just worship and uh, think about who God is. And uh, I'll pray this out real quick, and then we can worship. God, thank you, Lord, for um, this truth that you've revealed to us about yourself and your scripture. That you are all powerful, God, that you hold all power and all knowledge And God, that even though you are high and lifted up above us, you still want relationship with us, God. God, would you help us see kind of the insanity of that God, that a holy God would want relationship with us. And God, would you help us understand that when we come to you, Lord, that we can come to you knowing that you'll accept us for who we are, that you're a good father, that... that you really, you really do want a relationship with us, and you want what's best for us, God. So Jesus, would you be with us, Holy Spirit? Uh, speak what is true to us tonight. We love you, God. We lift you high in this place. Um, we pray these things in your name. Amen.